morning. The reading today comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. And I really hope, Peter, you can give some, tech, some context for this because it's some fascinating stuff. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me. And more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. And he asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb to the Mount of God. Here and here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. A prophet's job is to stand in places of power and make people uncomfortable. To make them uncomfortable with the assumptions that they know, if they are honest, that they hold regarding race, regarding gender, regarding class, regarding sexual orientation, regarding God. A prophet's job is to speak truth to power even when, especially when, there might be a backlash for doing so. Over and over again, we see prophets derided, beaten, even murdered for daring to speak uncomfortable truth. My name is Peter Carlson. My pronouns are they, them, their, he, him, his. My gender identity is male and my gender presentation is fabulous. <laughs> Elijah had the unmitigated chutzpah to confront the king of Israel and his queen, Ahab and Jezebel, who have drawn the people away in Israel from the worship of God. He challenges their idolatrous worship of the false god Baal and places himself in immediate and very real danger. It is no light thing to challenge the leader of a nation, then or now. God told Elijah to run literally for his life. Elijah is saved by a poor woman 
he in turn saved her son. Three years later, when Ahab and Jezebel were killing off God's prophets, Elijah returned. And Ahab's first words were to call him troubler of Israel. Because that's what a prophet is. A troubler. An agitator. What follows is one of the most dramatic conflicts described in the Hebrew scriptures. Elijah challenges the priests of Baal to a contest. A contest to see whose God will win. And suffice it to say, the God of Israel wins. We read that the fire of Hashem fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust. Rather than repent, though, Ahab and Jezebel doubled down turning even more vicious and threatening to kill Elijah. And this is where our reading picked up today. Here's your context. (laughs) With Elijah fleeing for his life, even despairing, wishing he could die. And God seems to understand this. Because... What happens next is that Elijah has a nap and a snack. And that nap and that snack, they gave him strength for the next 40 days. The work of a prophet is exhausting. It is exhausting because it is a battle against unjust systems of power and the people in power, those Ahabs and Jezebels, constantly demand that those who are battling against those systems play nice. They demand civility as a response to stunningly unjust systems viciously unjust structures, and prophets know that the time for civility is long past, and only fire from heaven can refine the uncivil hearts of authority. And it is terrifying and exhausting and dangerous to make these claims standing in places of power. In the heat of the ongoing racism that has been revealed on this campus, I've had a lot of emotional responses. But two responses have stood out for me. The first is that I am tired. I am physically tired. I am emotionally tired. I am spiritually tired. I am tired of responding to bullshit injustice with civility or like an adult. The second response 
was a deep, deep respect for the students and staff of this campus who have responded with more maturity and grace than I was capable of mustering. You are beloved of God. Cal Lutheran has a problem that runs deep. We are too nice. We are too civil. <laughs> Even I constantly remind my students to be kind to one another. But if we are being kind, being nice, being civil at the expense of being just, then we need to abandon niceness, and learn how to speak and hear truth, because the truth will set us free, not civility. I am terrified. I'm tired as I stand here before you speaking these words because, and I'm going to let you in on a really obvious secret here, I am not limitless. Neither was Elijah. But I do believe in a God who stands limitlessly for restorative justice and equity, and who, if I can pause just long enough to listen, reminds me that I need a nap and a snack. Audre Lorde, black queer feminist, wrote, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And this is a very, very good reminder for us limited folk. But I need to remind you that Audre Lorde did not end there. Let me remind you, Audre Lorde wrote, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Sweet baby Jesus, we need to take time to have a nap and a snack. Not as self-indulgence, but because we have a hell of a long way to go before we reach the promised land of justice and equity. And we are going to need every ounce of prophetic, uncivil energy that we can muster to get there. Blessed be the name of God. 